Thank you very much, David. It's a real privilege to be connected through this platform with all of you today or this evening. And thank you very much to all the Christians in the local church there that gathers in Midland Park for the invitation to share with you all something from the Bible today, specifically about the good news, the gospel message of salvation. Now, I want to read in the Gospel of Luke, uh, the third gospel in the New Testament, and I'll read uh, just three places right at the beginning of the gospel. Uh, first of all, in chapter two, where there's a man, perhaps an older man, by the name of Simeon. And the baby Jesus has just been brought into the temple, the Jewish temple, and by his parents, by Joseph and Mary. And when he sees that child, we read what he, he took the child in his arms, and we, we read what he says. Verse 29, he says, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Mine eyes have seen your salvation. He's talking to God. Your salvation. Now, I'm just going to go backwards in the chapter a little bit. If you go back to verse 8 in this chapter 2, there you'll find that the, the story of the shepherds. You remember when Jesus was born? And outside the city of Bethlehem, there were shepherds. And they had their sheep. And there was an angel that appeared to those shepherds with some great news. And this is what we read in verse 8. There were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And now I'm going to go backwards a little bit. Forgive me for reading these backwards. But in chapter one, there we have Mary when she was actually speaking in, in praise to God about the baby that she had she, to, uh, to which she was going to give birth. She had received the news and she went to speak with a woman by the name of Elizabeth. But then Mary says in verse 46 of Luke chapter one, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. So we read just three passages, but I want you to remember six words, just six words. Because to the shepherds, the announcement was a Savior, a Savior had come to earth. But Simeon, that gentleman, what he said, he didn't quite speak of it that way. He turned and he spoke to God as he looked at the baby. He said, this is your Savior. And Mary, she spoke and she said, my Savior. So, so there you have classic gospel outline. A Savior, uh, your Savior, God's Savior, and Mary saying, speaking about my Savior. Now, I, I want you to think about an announcement. Just imagine it, it would be kind of a dream come true, wouldn't it? If suddenly tomorrow morning... Monday morning, you woke up and, and there were news feeds that were buzzing and, and everything, everybody was calling each other because the news had come out. They have found a cure for COVID-19 and a cure that within a month, it will be eliminated from planet Earth and everybody will be healthy and everybody can go back to work. And why that would be news, that would be worth telling. That'd be worth sharing. 
worth publicizing. Well, let me tell you something, if I could, please. That actually, there was better news than that one day that was made, and it was actually given to a few shepherds over in Israel outside the city of Bethlehem. The angels said, because Jesus had been born there in the city, and the angels arrived with the shepherds and said to, to them that today, on that day, in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, there's born a Savior. A Savior. Now think about that. A Savior. That's the greatest news the world has ever known, is that there is a Savior. And when we speak about a Savior, I want you to think about that Savior for a moment, how, how great this is, because they told us that the Savior, where he had come. They were not saying, you know, we have been looking through telescopes and we see that a Savior has come to Mars, or a Savior has arrived in a star, or the sun, or has come to a nearby galaxy. No, they said, he's actually come to our planet. A savior is here on planet Earth. He's just in the nearby city in Bethlehem. A savior has come. But now, a savior, the savior who came, they told us not just where he came, they told us how he came. Because they said, a savior has come. Yes, and that savior, you'll find him, he was born. He was born. You know, there are angelic beings that, that you could say they need to be saved. They're actually called demons. And their leader, Satan, they've all sinned. And they're all, the Bible talks about things that God has done and will do with them. For example, it speaks about how when the Lord Jesus was here, he cast them out of people. The Bible says that he, he, he silenced them. And it says, tells us that God has locked them up. But the one thing it never says is that for them, God has provided a savior. There's no savior for them. There never has been. There is not one today. And there never will be a savior for angelic beings. Now, I don't know whether you're a, whether you're a cat person or a dog person or a bird person, or you like other kinds of animals, but, but the reality is, I know sometimes I think of my, and I even say sometimes to my dog, a little rebellious thing. Sometimes I say, you know, you, you need to be saved. But it's just joking because I know what the reality is. Jesus did not come. He, he, the, the son of God did not come as an animal. He didn't come as a lamb, a physical animal lamb. He didn't come as a, as a lion, a literal lion. He didn't come as an animal. Why? As much as you may think your cat is a bit problematic or your neighbor's cat, there's no salvation for animals. Now, whether that's good news or bad news, we're not going to debate that today. But the reality is he, there's no salvation for angels and there's no salvation for animals. The good news is he came and he was born the baby. He was born as a human being. There's a savior who's a human being and he came to save other human beings. But now an announcement that there's a savior implies and supposes that there must be a crisis taking place, a crisis. Now, David, just imagine the, the, the host here who introduced us. Just imagine if you could picture him on your screen at this moment. And we're all, you're all looking at him because you're not looking at me. You're just listening to me, but you're looking at him. And all of a sudden in the background, you see a, 
well, out here I have a son who works in a hospital and they have a, a COVID-19 team that, that works on COVID-19 patients. And just suppose you see the door fling open behind David and rushing into his house comes a team of doctors and nurses. And right away they're opening a little package of pills of hydroxychloroquine and they're, they're putting the pills in his mouth and, and, and giving him water to make him take the pills. And then there's a doctor and they're taking it out of the plastic and they're putting the tube down his throat. They're putting a ventilator in him and they're turning him upside down in a bed. I think all of us might find it kind of entertaining because David looked like he was okay, at least when last I saw him on my screen. And you might look at him and you might think, you would see him struggling and fighting. What are you people doing to me? I do not need hydro hydroxychloroquine. I don't, don't need a ventilator and I don't need any of you people in my house. Please leave because there's no crisis. But if suddenly we were looking at on him on the screen and suddenly he was gasping for breath and a high temperature and he coughing or whatever all the symptoms are, and suddenly the team came in, why, we would, we would be excited. Uh, the uh, adrenaline would flow. We would, we would look on. Look what they're doing. A team of saviors have arrived for David. And it would be good news because he's in a crisis. So when the angels announced there's a savior in our world. It was because there's a crisis in our world. Now, the Lord Jesus, the savior who was born, he solved a lot of different crises. He would be able to solve if he was here. Anybody who had COVID-19, he could have healed them because there were people who had other diseases. In fact, every disease he came in contact with, he was able to heal. He never was perplexed. He never had to say, well, we're doing studies or it's under investigation or we're doing trials. He healed people. He could solve all of that. But when it's, that wasn't the crisis of, there was lots of diseases. Smallpox was about to take out much, many people in the Roman Empire. But that's not the idea when they announced a savior. He did not come to save people physically. There was a problem in it, of poverty in the, in fact, he was poor himself. His family was poor. There were lots of peasants and people struggling to find a meal. But that's not what it meant. And there are people today and you're in health crisis and emotional crisis. And all of that is very real. And financial crisis. Maybe you've lost your business or you no longer have a job. And you're wondering how you're going to pay the bills at the end of the month. Those are real crisis. But listen, he came to address a greater crisis in our world. And they announced there's a savior. There were social issues that were tremendously problematic like slavery, but there was actually as awful and as horrific as all of those problems and as real as those crises are. When the announcement was made, it was an announcement that there was a savior for a far bigger problem than that. In fact, to Joseph and to Mary, the same angel appeared and told them, call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what he came for. So elsewhere in the Bible, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So the crisis in the world is the problem of sins. And so today, whether you have physical problems or ailments or not, whether you are in financial crisis or not, whether you are in family crisis or not, whether you are in emotional crisis or not, without taking anything away from the awful reality of those kinds of crises. Could I tell you today, 
there is a savior available for anyone who is in the crisis of sins. That's why he came. Call his name Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. You see, when God looked down, he's looking at people. By the way, how many people was he looking at in that day that actually were in the crisis, had the crisis in their lives, the problem of sins? Bible tells us. How many people today are in the crab are, are really involved and, and are wrapped in the problem of their sins today? You know, the Bible tells us. It says there's no difference between people for all have sinned. There's not a just man upon the earth that does good and sins not. Everybody has sinned. You've sinned. I've sinned. David has sinned. You see, this is the real crisis in your life. And the good news is there's a savior for that problem. There's someone who can solve it. There's a person who can deal with it. And you see, as God looks down today at you, the one thing he identifies, he looks down and he says, that person's in crisis. Whether you feel it, whether you want to recognize it, whether you realize it or not, the truth is sins are limiting your life. They're impacting your life. They, they are affecting your memory. They are affecting your, your, your mind. They are affecting your relationships. It has affected your relationship with God. It is the crisis of sins. And that's the crisis that the Savior wants to address. But you see, as God looks down, that's why he sent the Savior. It's sad to see people living in their sins. But you know what's even sadder? Jesus even said it. He talked about people who are going to die in their sins. You see, when you live your life, no matter how much fun you try and have, no matter how good you try and make your relationships, and how good of a citizen and a person you try, try and be, still you're living every day with the responsibility for every single time you have broken God's law, every single time you have offended God when you have sinned against him. And so while you try and cover it and have a lot of fun and enjoy life, there's that gnawing problem. There's that issue inside every single one of us inside you. And until you get that problem solved, you will never really fully enjoy the life you, God wants you to have. And if you die that way, Jesus said, well, if you die in your sins, he said, where I come, where I was, I'm going, and he was going to heaven, to the Father's house. He said, you can't go there. Sins are a problem in life, and they're a problem when you die. Because of sins, you can't go to heaven. Can you see now why God looked down and said, I want to solve this problem? And so, there's a savior who can make it so that you can live the rest of your life knowing for sure my sins are no longer a problem. I'm going to be able to go to heaven. And not only that, sins are actually times when we break God's laws, his commandments. Sin is the transgression of the law. It's the infraction of God's law. And for that, we actually deserve to be punished. This is what it was hard for me to accept this, but that's what the Bible teaches, that the wages of sin is death. And when a person gets a hold of this, I realized my issue is really my sins because I'm not going to go to heaven. I am going to be punished, and I rightly should be punished by God. It's ruining my life, and I'm in danger of dying in my sins. 
And if I could plead with you this afternoon, this evening, please stop and think about the issue of your personal sins against God. Don't worry if you think there are a few or many or big or small. Your sins, your sins, that's the issue. That's the crisis. And the good news is there's a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. But now I want to move to the next one. There was a man and what? What he said when he prayed, as he thought about it all, he had been waiting for this moment. And when he saw the baby Jesus, he turned to God and he said, I I can die now. He said, I can depart in peace. I'm ready to go because I've actually seen with my eyes your salvation. He had seen religious religion and the salvation religion was offering. He had seen all that. And now he was looking at something different. He was looking at God's salvation. Think with me about that. That means that God's salvation, God's Savior, your Savior. He turned to God and said, your salvation, your Savior. That's what I'm looking at. Now, that's amazing to think about that because that means this is not just a Savior. This is not just the Savior. This is God's Savior, the one that he provided. So be clear today. What that means is there is no other Savior besides him. No amount of any kind of religion in the world will take away the problem of your sins, will solve the crisis for you. No no, no religion, no ritual, there's no no steps. There is nothing out there besides God. God has one way for that problem of your sins to be solved, and that's his Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. That's why Peter, later on, he preached, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. If you want to be saved from the problem of your sins and live the rest of your life and be able to die, knowing that your sins are not going to keep you out of heaven and knowing your sins will not send you to eternal punishment, you must find salvation in him. And he must provide salvation for you. And God he put the whole responsibility for that great that great task in the hands of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that means that something very simple. You need to stop thinking about what do I have to do? What's my part in it all? What do I have to do? And please, don't be listening to people who are going to be telling you what you need to do to be saved, that you need to to change your life to be, and you need to do good works, and that you need to open your heart, and you need to give your heart to Jesus, and you need to turn your life over, and you need to, you see, where they're putting the emphasis is completely wrong, and Simeon got it that day. He didn't look inside. He looked at the Lord Jesus, and he said, the salvation that God wants me to have is all right there in that baby. It all depends on him. And he turned to God and he said, that's your salvation. That means it's reliable. It's complete. Here at home, we've been putting together a few cabinets we picked up from uh, Ikea. You have Ikea out where you live? You know, it's one of those stores where you go and you get a a box and you you go to buy a cabinet and it comes in a little thin box and you'd open it up and there's all these pieces and there's instructions with just pictures. There's no words and you you have to put, it's all there, but you got to put it together. No, no, you don't have to do anything. It's nothing like that. You don't have to put your salvation together that you add this 
and use a little faith and, and you'll get it all and then you'll have self. No, that's not the way it works. It all depends on him. That's it. God's savior. But now, listen, I want to close by just reminding you of what Mary said. Mary, Mary, what was she doing when she said this? Was she? Was she looking up? Or was she looking down at her abdomen? Because the baby she was carrying. When she said, my heart rejoices. And God, was she talking about the father? Or did she understand a savior? That the one inside her was God's savior. But what she said was, he's my savior. I need a savior personally for the issue of my sins. And I'm looking at and thinking about the one who's the savior that God, and she knew that more than anyone. She knew that God had provided the savior, that by the Holy Spirit, that child had been conceived. And she knew that his father was God. And she knew that who that was, that that was God's savior. And when that child was born, she knew that in her arms, she was holding, she could say, my, my savior, he's the one who's going to take care of my problem. Actually, remember that man, Simeon? That man, Simeon, said to Mary, Mary, one day, one day it's going to be like a sword that's going to go right through your soul. You're going to suffer a heartbreak like you can't even imagine. And one day she did. She was standing not very far away from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about the conflict within her? The conflict within her. A mother looking at her son, hardly recognizable as a human being, already beaten, whipped, mocked, spit on, crown of thorns, dressed up, clothes taken off, all those different things, nailed to a cross. There would be a side to any mother that would be just long to pull him down, long for him to come out. And yet at the same time, Mary would be thinking, that's my savior. I want him to stay there. You see, that's the way everybody who's saved feels. I am ashamed that my sin required a savior, that my sin required God to provide a savior, that my sin provided Jesus, made Jesus, the Lord Jesus come down and suffer on a cross. But I'm so glad. You see that mixture of emotion Mary must have had. I'm so sad. It breaks my heart like a sword slicing my soul in half. But I'm so glad he's on the cross because on that cross, he is suffering and he's dying. And he's being punished, not by men, but he's being punished by God now. And he's being punished for my sins. He's my savior. God, my savior. You see, that's what happens when people come to understand the good news of the gospel. They realize there's two reasons the Lord Jesus was on the cross. Number one was because of me. It was because of me. Because of my sins. My sins are so bad. He had to do that. But it's also big for me. He did it out of love for me. He's my savior. You know, our hope and prayer is in this gospel meeting this, this evening. Is that you will not just be a person who knows the news. 
that was announced so long ago and is reminded of every Christmas season about a savior, Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, like a historical fact. I hope you won't be just a religious person who has the theology of it all. Well, that that was that's God's savior for the world. Our open prayer is today that you will face your sin, what it's doing to you in this life, and what it may do to you forever. If today should be your last day on earth, you will die in your sins. You will not be in heaven. You will experience punishment for your sins. And all the while, there's a Savior. There's God's Savior. Our hope today is you'll see every reason not to do something for him, give him something but simply to accept him, to receive him, to rely on him, and to take him, and to be able to say for the first time, now I understand, and that you will truthfully be able to claim the baby that was born, the man who died on the cross, that's Jesus Christ, my Savior. Nothing greater than that. That's our prayer for you, that today, you will come to appreciate and take Christ as your Savior.